Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, fill me with the Holy Spirit, then send me out to share Christ with others so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Great job. I saw some of you doing it with your eyes closed, and you were just doing it verbatim, word for word. You're memorizing it. That is awesome. There are some healthy traditions that we can have. I think this is a healthy one. It's all good. It's all based on the word. Listen to this. Someone once said, forgiveness is the final form of God's love. Another person was quoted saying, harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that it hurts the person that has hurt you. Come on, can you identify with that? Do you understand what that means? Some of you have known people or maybe you've played this out in your own life. I know I have. Someone gets hurt or offended, and that begins to get deeply seated and implanted in our hearts and in our minds. And if we don't deal with that in a biblical, healthy way, eventually it becomes a root of bitterness, and it just kind of festers. And eventually, at some point, it becomes unforgiveness. And when we think about those people, all kinds of hurt feelings and emotions, and if we're being honest, some anger, some frustration. I'd even go as far as to say for some people in some circumstances, some thoughts of hatred. That all comes up. And I'm grateful that the Lord speaks about that in the Word. Because He wants us to be healthy and whole people. And I think every single one of us here has either known someone or who has experienced relationship divide over offense, over hurt feelings, and maybe even a little bit of unforgiveness there at one point or another. There could be somebody listening to me right now who's dealing with unforgiveness, like right now, today, real time. And so we recognize as a church that this is a very, very relevant issue that all of us have to kind of tangle with. So we're starting a new series, and we're calling it, I Can't Live Like This Anymore, Healing the Hurt That's Hurting Me. Come on, I know you realize unforgiveness hurts us even though we may not necessarily readily recognize that it does it does it hurts us and God's given us 
a lot of scripture that pertains to this subject. So I want to look at Matthew chapter 18 today. And I don't want to be too quick. I won't take us too long. But I don't want to rush through this. I really want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to our hearts, to lay a foundation today for the next few weeks. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, uh, we're going to start in verse 21, and we're going to read through verse 35. I'm going to point out a couple of things, and then we're going to look at some truths that Jesus is speaking to us today from this story. Now, Matthew 18, 21, I just want to let you know, that this is coming from some conversation that Jesus is having with his followers, with his disciples, with people who follow and believe in Jesus. And it's an interesting conversation because Peter, who is very outspoken, he seems to think that he's got a really good understanding about forgiveness. So let's tune into what happens here. Then Peter came to Jesus and he said, Lord, How often shall my brother or sister sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. I got any mathematic people in here? What 70 times seven? 490 times. That's a lot of times. That's a lot of forgiving. That's a lot of times. I mean, gee whiz. According to scholars, scholars of the Bible, experts, Judaism, the Jewish faith, required you to forgive the same person three times for the same offense. Peter, thinking he's being generous, asked Jesus if he should forgive someone who sins against him up to seven times. I mean, that's double plus one. So Peter thinks he's doing pretty good. But Jesus says, no, instead, you must be prepared for unlimited forgiveness. That's really what he's saying. Why? Why would Jesus say that? Because as a follower of Christ, holding on to unforgiveness isn't healthy, and it really should never be an option. I'm not saying that Jesus is saying that forgiving is easy. I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of other things in there we need to look at. All I'm saying is that from a biblical perspective, holding on to unforgiveness long term isn't supposed to be an option. And to illustrate this, Jesus is going to tell a parable. How many of you have heard of a parable? And just so we're on the same page, a parable is like an earthly story, but it has a kingdom of heaven, truth, or principle embedded in the story. So Jesus is telling an earthly story, but it has a spiritual significance. Let's go to verse 23. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. Now, if you're paying attention, I want you to know that the king represents God in this parable, who waited to settle accounts with his servants. His servants represents you and I and other people who serve the king. Verse 24, And when the king had begun to settle accounts, 
one of his servants was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Come on, somebody, somebody say 10,000. 10,000 talents. Now, I did a little bit of studying. A talent is about amount a laborer could make in about 20 years. One talent a laborer could make in 20 years. An amount that could never, ever be paid back in several lifetimes. That's what 10,000 talents represent in this story. Now, some Bible experts say that Jesus deliberately exaggerated the amount to make the point of his teaching super clear. Verse 25. But as the servant was not able to pay the king or his master, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. Now, I want to mention this. It was a common practice in the ancient times to sell into slavery those who owed more than they could pay and even their family. Verse 26. The servant therefore fell down at the king's feet saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. By the way, that was ludicrous because he could never have paid that back even in a thousand lifetimes. Verse 27, then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his own fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now let me pause. A denarii is a fraction of a fraction of a percent of what the king had just forgiven this man. It was minor. And this servant who had just been forgiven, he laid his hands on his servant and he took him by the throat and he said, pay me what you owe. So his fallen servant fell down at his feet and he begged him saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. Verse 30, and he would not, but went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Are you catching this? The one who had been forgiven refused to forgive someone who owed him, threw him in prison, and then all of the other servants saw what was going on. Wow, this guy was forgiven of this huge debt. And now he won't forgive somebody who owes him just a little bit. And instead of giving him mercy and forgiving him, he throws him in prison. And all the other servants, were, they were grieved. They couldn't believe it. So they went and they told the master what this guy had done. Verse 32. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you. Church, what's the answer? Come on. What's the answer? Yes. Verse 34. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. In essence, he got a life sentence of torture. And let, let me just say this. Let this sink in. Unforgiveness can be torturous to the person who's unforgiving. And if you live with it forever, it could become a life sentence. 
verse 35. Listen to what Jesus says. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother or his sister his trespasses. Now, I've read that a lot of times. And you couple that with the Lord's Prayer. You know the Lord's Prayer. Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who have sinned against me. In Jesus' heart and in the kingdom and the rule and the reign of God in heaven, forgiveness and unforgiveness is a big deal. Very, very, very significant. And Jesus is telling us that God will not forgive those unwilling to forgive as they have been forgiven. Now, I want to clarify something. This is not because forgiving others is a precondition or something you have to do in order to be saved. Remember, we're saved by grace through faith. So forgiving or unforgiving is not a work that will get you saved or keep you from getting saved. You have to recognize that. But because forgiveness is a characteristic, a symptom, an outworking or a fruit of those who have been truly saved, we have to keep in mind that saved people are forgiving people. Amen? And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make here. But I want to just identify real quick before we go home three truths that Jesus is really wanting to show us from this story. Here's the first one. It's a fill in the blank if you have a sermon guide. There is a flow to forgiveness. Come on, say it with me. There is a flow to forgiveness. Notice verses 32 through 35 in the same story. Then his master, that's the king, after he called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And then verse 35 again, Jesus says, So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That is, commit you to a life of torture and pain. It's not that God wants that to happen, but when we choose to be unforgiving and we don't let things flow the way they're meant to flow, our lives get clogged up and we begin to experience the effects of living an unforgiving lifestyle. It's so important that we recognize that. I was looking at an article online by Positive Psychology, positivepsychology.com, May, May 17, 2023, and it listed 10 plus fascinating research findings about forgiveness and unforgiveness. I'm going to just give you one, and it's worth noting. Not only is forgiveness good for the soul, but it also has positive benefits on your physical well-being. Did you know that when you're unforgiving and you're bitter and you're offended, it begins to eat you up from the inside out. It affects your physical well-being. Not only your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, but it can cause you to become unhealthy. This is medically proven. And so this is a big deal. And we have to learn how to deal with it. And we have to talk about it. And we have to look at what the scriptures say. Now, Jesus says that you have to be willing to forgive from the heart. Say from the heart. 
You have to be willing to forgive from the heart. It can't just be your lips. It can't just be flippant. It can't just be in your mind. And this raises a couple of questions. The first question is, how do I forgive completely from the heart when I'm so angry or I've been so hurt? Come on, has anybody ever struggled with that before? I have. Now, I want to notice something here. This is really good theology. Throughout Matthew chapter 18, the word forgive and forgave is used four times. Now, each time in the Greek, it's the word aphiemi. A-P-H-I-E-M-I. I think that's on your sermon guide. And it's worth noting because it means to set free, to let go, to expunge the debt and release from all liability, to liberate completely, to free someone. Afiame, forgive or forgave in Matthew 18. In the story that we just read, it's used four times. And this word was used in a secular sense outside of the church in the New Testament times in referring to canceling of a debt or releasing someone from an obligation of a contract, a commitment, or a promise. So it wasn't just used in a spiritual sense. In a practical way, this word aphiomi was canceling a debt that somebody owed or a contract or a commitment or a promise. So if we bring that down into the spiritual realm and what Jesus is trying to get across to us here, forgiveness means forfeiting any right to hold a person captive to a previous wrong or sin that he's committed against you or that he's committed against me. Afiyami. We're canceling it out. We're releasing him. I love the word expunge. How many of you heard that word before? Expunge. Right? We're erasing it. That's what Jesus is trying to get across. In other words, according to God, as Christians, you and I don't have the right to hold people hostage to their past sins and actions against us. If they repent and ask us to forgive them, let me insert this, and or even if they don't, for example, Jesus on the cross Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Come on, does anybody remember that? But Pastor Robert, they didn't even ask for forgiveness. That's how I feel. They didn't even apologize. Truth is, they may be so lacking in self-awareness, they may not even know that they sinned against you. That's possible. Have you ever offended anybody? Have I ever offended anybody? Have you ever offended anybody and not even realized that you offended somebody? Well, yeah, Pastor Robert, that's because they're easily offended. They shouldn't have been offended. That's what I think. <laughs> this is a touchy subject, but it's important because it deals with relationships. And relationships can be a little slippery sometimes. This leads us to another question. How do we let that stuff go? Feelings and all. Because it feels impossible. It feels impossible to forgive. It feels impossible to let all those feelings go. And the reason it feels like that is because truthfully, friend, it is impossible without God. 
Remember this. Remember this. The Bible is full of things that God asks you and I to do, to say, to think, and experience that in and of ourselves are impossible without God's power working in us and through us as His people. So this isn't just one isolated thing that God is asking us to do that's impossible. All throughout the Scriptures, He's asking us to do things that are impossible. But this one really, really hits home. I have to tell you, it wasn't too long ago that I was in a conversation with someone and we were talking about another person. And when I brought up this other person's name, the person I was talking to, their whole countenance changed. And they said, when I think of that person, I hate that person. I want to kill that person. Could unforgiveness go there? Here's the thing. That person I was talking to was a Christian. I couldn't believe they were saying that. I was shocked. And I tried to as graciously as I could to help them to remember everything that we'd been forgiven for. Because we've been forgiven of a lot. A debt we could have never paid. But he was so hurt and had so festered on the inside of him. He still hadn't dealt with it in a biblical way. And so now when he thinks about this person, hateful, hurtful, ungodly thoughts begin to get in there and take root in his heart, in his mind, and in his life. That's a good question. How do I let all of that stuff go? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Because it gives us a glimpse on how we forgive and let stuff go. Ephesians 4.32, Paul's writing to the church. He's writing to Christians. And he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. What's the next word? Forgiving one another, even as, insert, according to the same degree, in the same way, God in Christ forgave you. Come on, somebody say amen. I want you to notice that this verse is telling us that as Christians, we need to be forgiving, just like God forgave us. And in Matthew 18, in the same way in the parable, Jesus is trying to drive home the point that because God has forgiven us a debt that we could never pay, we need to be willing to let that flow from God to me, through me, to other people. I don't know about you, but I would probably suggest this to you when you're praying in your own time. I like to do this. When I think of people that have hurt me in the past, and there have been many, I pray for them. And I'll say things like, Father, I'm so grateful for the forgiveness that you've afforded me. Freely I have received, therefore freely I give. And I'll mention those people. And that frees me from the enemy trying to bring this root of bitterness and unforgiveness and offense deep down in my heart. I want to be free of that. God wants us to be free of that. I want you to notice something. 
in this particular verse, Ephesians 4.32, the word forgiving and forgave. There's two words there, forgiving and forgave. In the Greek, these words are different than the Greek word that Jesus used in Matthew 18. Aphiomi. This word is the word karizomai. And it's important. Listen to me. Karizomai. And it comes from the Greek word karis. C-H-A-R-I-S. Charis. Which is where we get our English word grace. Karizomai. Not afiomi. Ephesians 4.32. That's the root word, grace. And I want you to notice, we're told to forgive one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Just a note, even as comes from the Greek word kathos, K-A-T-H-O-S, which means according to, to the same degree, or in the same way, or with the same measure. Even as. And if you put all of this together, we can see that while Matthew chapter 18 tells us what we must do, Ephesians 4.32 teaches us how we're supposed to do it. This is the flow. First, we must wholeheartedly step into the supernatural flow of God's wholehearted gracious forgiveness that He gave us when we accepted Christ as our Savior. We have to wholeheartedly receive that. Not just in our thinking, but we have to receive it deep down into our hearts and recognize that we have been forgiven for a debt that we could never pay by His grace and by His love. Next, as a believer, we can begin to renew our minds to the supernatural gift of righteousness that has been extended to us, listen, by the grace of God through Christ Jesus. You've been made right. You've been forgiven. You've been made pure in the eyes of God. Forgiven from all of your sins that you've ever done. Forgiven for all of your sins that you'll ever do. Which, by the way, is not a license to live in sin. But He's paid it in full in advance. Why did He do that? Because of His grace. Because of His unmerited favor. And we have to let that flow from God to us through us. Amen. There is a flow to forgiveness. And it starts with receiving the gracious forgiveness wholeheartedly that God has given you. And when you and I can do that with the help of the Holy Spirit, that begins to flow. It's not always easy. It's not always automatic. It doesn't happen in a day sometimes. Sometimes you might have to work through that for a while. But if you'll lean into this, the grace of God will flow through you to another person who has hurt you, who has wronged you, who has sinned against you. And the flow of forgiveness will begin to flow through your life. Amen. Make sense so far? Here's the second fill in the blank. I can only give what I have received. Come on, say it with me. I can only give what I have received. Look at Matthew 18, 32 and 33 again. We're staying in this text. Then his master, after he called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you. So the servant who was forgiven may have gone free, 
But he never from the heart received forgiveness. If he had, it would have at some point been flowing through his life. What's the point? The point is you can't give what you haven't received. Now, it's possible to know you've been forgiven, but never have really received forgiveness. Never really come to grips what it means. And when you can do that, there's a, there's a greater chance for us to give because we recognize that we've already received the forgiveness from the Father. Does that make sense? This is why so many people find it so hard to forgive and to release people of their sins. They haven't, at a heart level, received the love and the gracious forgiveness of God through Christ that has overwhelmingly removed all of our sins and also released us from the penalty of that sin and has blessed us beyond measure because of the grace of Christ. Look at Ephesians 1.3 as a reminder. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, In Him, Christ, we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His what? Of His grace. So you can't give what you haven't received. So friend, if you're not settled on the forgiveness that God has given you by His grace through Christ, I encourage you, get with the Lord and settle that. And settle that simultaneously while thinking about the person that you're still holding a grudge against, potentially. Because if you can bring those two together, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. And by His grace and His supernatural ability, that grace will begin to flow because you've received it and now you can give it to other people where and if it's applicable. Amen? I'm not saying any of you are unforgiving, but if it... What's that saying? If the shoe fits, wear it. Every single one of us has been hurt by somebody. And you might be dealing with unforgiveness right now. And God wants you to be free of that. God wants you to live whole and healthy. He wants relationships restored. I have people in my family who are living in unforgiveness with each other. I don't know if any of you all can relate. But I've got brothers and sisters For one reason or another, they will not forgive. Now, it's different to work through the difficulty of forgiving someone versus being unwilling to forgive. There's a difference. All of us will work through this different degrees, but none of us should be willing to be unwilling to forgive. That's the point of Jesus' story. If I will give forgiveness, I must first, from the heart, receive forgiveness. This is our final truth for the morning. Write it down. I must freely and completely extend forgiveness to others. Come on, say it with me. Say it by faith. I must freely and completely extend forgiveness to others. Notice Colossians. If you have a Bible, go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Galatians, Ephesians, 
Philippians, Colossians. And I'm going to go into my Bible because I want to read something to you here. It's kind of important. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Again, Paul's writing to a church. He's writing to Christians. It's interesting to take note that Christians battle with the area of forgiveness and unforgiveness at times. He says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, put on humility, put on meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. How many of you believe that that is easier said than done at times? Right? That's easier said than done at times. Let me read some things to you here out of my Kingdom Dynamic Study Bible section. Forgiving. To show favor, kindness unconditionally, to give freely, to grant forgiveness, to forgive ultimately and freely. Karizomai. We looked at that. Forgiveness is made possible through Christ who forgave us. Here's the part that really stuck out to me. To forgive is not to condone the sin as acceptable. To say it made no difference or to license repetition of it. Rather, forgiveness is a choice, a decision made to no longer hold an offense against another person or a group. What does that mean? It means that we make a decision to forgive Freely and completely, because God has done that to us. But that doesn't mean that we're approving of the sin or the offense that someone has done to us. That doesn't mean that now I should make myself a doormat so that that person can continually do harmful and hurtful things to me. And by the way, let me add this, that doesn't mean that there's complete automatic restoration to my relationship with the person who sinned against me. There's a lot of variables in there. And sometimes complete restoration is possible. Hopefully a lot of times. But sometimes complete restoration is not possible. Because that person is unwilling to God let God change them and transform them so that they don't completely and utterly, repeatedly sin and hurt and offend you. So I can release and I can extend someone from unforgiveness. I could forgive them completely. But it doesn't mean that I automatically have to restore my relationship with them like it was before. Does that make sense? God isn't saying be a doormat. You got to use wisdom. But you can use wisdom and still be forgiving to people. Amen. God wants relationships to be restored. But he realizes we're instructed in the Bible to do everything we can to live at peace with all people. But that doesn't mean that peace will always be possible because not all people will be peaceful. And not all people will stop doing what they were doing that hurt you in the first place. So you have to use wisdom and you have to go to God. 
So here as we're closing, I just want to remind us of this. If I haven't wholeheartedly received the forgiveness of God and renewed my mind regarding the gift of righteousness, then there won't be a flow of God's grace of forgiveness from the Father to me, making it impossible for it to flow through me to other people. So remember this. There's a flow to forgiveness. I can only give what I have received, and I must freely and completely extend forgiveness to others. Amen? Have you been blessed by the word? I hope that was an encouragement to you. Would you stand to your feet and we'll close in prayer. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the grace of the Holy Spirit. God, help us to remember freely we've received. Help us to freely give. We don't want to harbor unforgiveness. We don't want to harbor bitterness or offense towards anyone. Lord, help us to extend the same forgiveness that you extended to us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.